Coming up on Stu Does America, AOC doesn't understand how basic sewer drainage works. Comedian Scotty Gunther survived to tell the tale of a Michigan lockdown. And the president of Haiti is assassinated in an insane story that continues to develop insane plot points. Let's catch up on the latest and do Haiti. Stu Does America. So I need to tell you about the absolutely crazy story of what happened to the president of Haiti. Uh, This is insane. The details that are emerging are really just crazy. Uh, But first, we need to kind of set the scene a little bit. Okay, the story of Haiti begins as a French slave colony way back in the day. Apparently, America wasn't the only one with slavery. Who knew? In 1803, Haiti won its independence. And, you know, the next couple hundred years or so were a bit bumpy, a bumpy road for a couple of centuries. But in 2000, things slowly started to improve, and it started improving for that first decade of the 2000s. Things were really looking up. Wow, maybe this will finally be this wonderful country we imagined back in the day. And then 2010, the Haiti earthquake, of course, a 7.0 on the Richter scale. Here's a couple of images of the devastation if you don't remember it. I mean, entire cities were completely wiped out. Uh, you had buildings collapsing all over the place. Uh, I mean, look, this is an entire community just is just a bunch of collapsed roofs after that. Uh, and it really was really ugly. In fact, they estimated about 250,000 people died in that earthquake. And I know we remember how bad that was, but 250,000 is an unthinkable tragedy for a country of about 11 million people. We had a lot of corruption with the Clinton Foundation and other groups, and it really became a mess in the, in the aftermath of that 2010 earthquake. So finally, we get to 2015, and the election happens, and we have uh, a first-place victory for Uh, the president that, of course, was assassinated just the other day. Of course, he only won with 33% of the vote. Now, in their system, they gave, they had a runoff election that was supposed to come right up. Uh, However, there was all sorts of election problems and fighting back and forth. So they delayed the runoff election for an entire year or so. During that year, an interim president took the job. So this guy's trying to, you know, wait and for this runoff election so he can hopefully win uh, the election. And he does go on and win the runoff election and finally takes office in 2017. And this is kind of where a big part of the controversy takes place, because the presidential term in Haiti is five years long. Um, He says he took office in 2017, so obviously his term should end in 2022. His opposition says it should be five years from the original election. So that would mean he should leave office in 2021, meaning he should have already left office this year. So that brings us to just a couple of days ago, June, uh, July 7th, 2021. Now, this is just two days after the president named his next prime minister, two days after he did that. An estimated group of about 28 to 50, there's estimates all over the place, but a giant group of people approached the presidential home at about 1 a.m. while everybody was asleep. They approached in what has been described as tactical and military military style formation. So this is not a bunch of people just running up to the front door. There is a plan here and they seem to know what they were doing at some level. 
They announced themselves as U.S. DEA agents, Drug Enforcement Agency agents. Now, this isn't true. However, there is video to back up the assertion that they did announce themselves this way. Now, this has been floating around. A lot of news, news organizations are reporting it. It's not fully confirmed. The Blaze has not independently confirmed it as of yet. But here is the video that has been circulating. So if you couldn't quite make it out, you hear in English, this is a this is an, a DEA operation. Don't shoot. If you shoot, if you try to fight back, we'll shoot. They go back and forth, uh, bouncing back and forth between languages. But the bottom line is they were trying to make the guards around uh, the home of the president believe they were U.S. DEA agents. And DEA has a real influence in Haiti. People know who they are. They essentially represent the U.S. government. I mean, it's basically the U.S. government. Uh, their representatives in Haiti are pretty much all DEA agents. This is they're familiar with this. This stuff happens because a lot of drugs go through Haiti. The assassins uh, wound up disarming protective security with their claims of being DEA agents. And then they went into the house up to the, the uh, bedroom of the president of Haiti and shot him over a dozen times. Reports some are as high as 18 times he was shot. Haitian media sources are reporting that his eye was also gouged. He was possibly tortured as well. His wife, who was also shot, was expected to survive now in stable condition in a Florida hospital. The children who were also in, in the house, uh, three of them, were able to hide and they are unharmed, thankfully. Crazy part of this is, while it was not DEA agents, two American citizens are among the suspects uh, that are involved in this shooting. Now, uh, they've gone around uh, t- uh, the country and hunted down as many of these people as they, ca- they could. They've, uh, they believe you know, between 28 and 50 were involved in it. They've killed several already. They've arrested several more. It's a whole thing, and it is one of the craziest stories because, look, I mean, Haiti is obviously a different situation than the United States of America, but very rarely do people walk up to the home of a president of a country and walk in and kill them. Uh, I mean, Gaddafi, there's, you know, I, I think uh, the Romanian dictator back in the day kind of happened too, but there's, it's very rare that this goes on. So you might not care about Haiti. And that's that means you probably a racist. I mean, I'm just going to throw it out there. But what does this mean to us here in America? Of course, we have to bring it back to that. But that is something that is and look, America first is a slogan. Uh, but also it is the way that a country runs. Right. You have to prioritize yourself and your own interests. So what does all this mean to us? Social media is spreading uh, all of these DEA and American conspiracies, acting as if it really was the DEA and it really was the American government who went in there and killed the president of Haiti. And if you stop and think about it for a second, how would we react if something like this happened to us? Imagine something like this happening to us. Imagine an armed squad of assassins taking out one of our leaders. And imagine if they announced themselves as Mexican agents 
Imagine if two of those captured afterward were Mexican nationals. We very well might go to war over something like that. And even if our government correctly recognized they were not actually Mexican government agents, would the people buy it in this day and age? Can you imagine what social media would do with that information? One thing is for sure, you can be entirely certain that we would be, become a pretty anti-Mexico country and party, uh, probably on both sides of the aisle, for at least a little while. And while we don't have to worry about the furious might of the Haitian military per se, this is the sort of thing that could easily result in another Cuba. I mean, will this create another Cuba? Maybe not a communist regime per se, but a regime that comes to power on a very anti-American message. And I guarantee you countries like Russia and China would love to get a foothold right in our backyard. They are surely on the ground right now trying to make that happen. America almost definitely did not have anything to do with this, but it's very possible that we're dealing with its ramifications for a very long time to come. So are you in the market for buying a new home or selling a new home? If you are, you know the market is bonkers right now. If you're trying to do that, you know the prices are higher than you probably ever expected to pay. But, you know, that can be a really good thing if you're selling a house. If you're buying a house, it means you've got to be really careful. Pull the trigger on the right property at the right price. No matter what side of the transaction you're on, you need a real estate agent you can trust. And that's why our own Glenn Beck, who, by the way, returns to the program, uh, radio program on Monday and his shows return next week. Um, we know this. Glenn started this company because he was insane about just how bad his experience was with real estate agents. And, you know, it comes from a basic fundamental problem, which is we don't screen real estate agents. We kind of just hire the people we know. That's not the way to do it. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the way to do it because they're already vetted for you. The name says it all. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com. I'm happy to welcome back to the program Peter Schweizer. He's the president of the Government Accountability Institute and the author of Profiles in Corruption, Abuse of Power by America's Progressive Elite. Peter, great to see you again. I'm with you. Thanks for having me, Stu. Uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, you come on an important day as we have an incredible artiste, Hunter Biden, <laughs> who's getting ready to sell his very valuable paintings uh, to people all across the world. Who knows who could buy them? And this is creating a bit of a conundrum for the White House as they try to somehow justify uh, this whole process and come up with ethics rules that will govern them. I mean, this whole process is a mess already, isn't it? It is. And, you know, look, you have to give uh, the Bidens uh, a little bit of credit. I mean, this is absolute genius. Uh, you know, Hunter Biden got in trouble because he was taking all this foreign money. He wasn't qualified for what he was allegedly doing. He had no skill set. So what they've done now is they've morphed into the art world. Well, what's great about the art world is it's completely subjective. Uh, you might recall, Stu, that a couple of months ago, a, a British artist uh, sold a piece of invisible art for $18,000. Um, so if you're Hunter Biden and you're trying to uh, collect money from foreign oligarchs, 
go into the art world. It's subjective. Art is in the eye of the beholder. Um, and basically, you don't have to disclose where the money's coming. Um, and the problem is the Biden administration doesn't seem to take this seriously. Rather than more transparency, their proposed solution is to try to hide it even more. That's what's so absurd about the uh, the approach that they're taking to this. Isn't, uh, I mean, isn't art and, and high level, uh, or at least expensive art, I have no idea if Hunter Biden can paint at all. But if he can, and uh, this sort of art that they're talking about, 75 to $500,000 per painting, uh, yeah. this sort of level of art is pretty commonly used to move money around in shady ways, is it not? No, that's a great point, Stu. In fact, the U.S. Senate uh, issued a report, I think, in 2019 saying that uh, the art world is rife with money laundering and corruption, uh, that a lot of foreign oligarchs hello, uh, are using the art world to launder uh, illicit profits that they generate overseas. And these oligarchs are in Russia, they're in China and elsewhere. So yeah, I mean, this is uh, the problem. Um, and, you know, look, I'm not going to judge somebody's art. Um, I'm certainly not an art critic. Uh, but the notion that a guy that has no formal training, no background, if his name was Hunter Smith, there'd be no interest in this is going to pull in half a million dollars for a piece of art is, you know, is absurd. Um, and it's interesting to point out, by the way, Stu, that the uh, the art uh, uh, director that is working with Hunter Biden, uh, he's got this really interesting French name. Uh, when you look into him, he actually went to Seton Hall University in New Jersey. Um, but this guy's been trying to break into the Chinese art market for a long time. Um, so it, it's a very, very troubling, uh, you know, dynamic that exists. And what the Biden administration has said, Stu, is the way we're going to handle this is we're going to make sure that Hunter doesn't know who's buying his art. You know, that's the solution. Uh, my view is the way you solve these problems is, first of all, you shouldn't be doing it. But if you're going to do it, you have to have as much transparency as possible. And this is where you got to I probably never thought I'd say these words. You got to give Bill and Hillary Clinton credit, because when Bill started going around the world, collecting these speaking fees uh, and raising this money uh, and his wife was a U.S. senator, he and his wife said, we are going to disclose all the speaking fees, who's paying them and where it's coming from. So give the, the uh, Clintons credit. The Bidens are going the opposite route, saying basically, trust us. We'll make sure that Hunter doesn't know, that nobody knows who's paying for this. And it'll be good because we have such a great track record when it comes to these kinds of ethical issues. This is, a, I mean, the author of Clinton Cash is saying that the Clintons are better than the Bidens. That should tell you something significant here. Uh, the Bidens have been, have tried very hard over the years to cover their tracks. Uh, they, they, they do attempt to do this. These rules that they're trying to institute, and you mentioned that Hunter Biden supposedly isn't going to know who's purchasing them. They're not going to release the names of these people. No one's right. going to know anything. And that's their answer to be transparent and uh, somehow keep this above board. I mean, to me, it sounds like the exact opposite of keeping it above board. 
That's exactly right, Stu. It, it's in, in these particular cases, again, I think this is a terrible idea. Uh, just like, you know, during the Trump administration, I thought it was a terrible idea to have your daughter and your son-in-law working in the White House. Uh, but if you're going to do it, if you're going to do something like this, be transparent about it. Don't don't hide it and don't pretend uh, that, you know, just trust us. We'll make sure that Hunter doesn't know. I mean, imagine if a Chinese oligarch says, I want a commission a piece of art by Hunter Biden, and I wanna pay him half a million dollars. And of course, the real agenda maybe is to gain access. How on earth are you going to pretend that Hunter's not gonna know something about who the person is or actually know who the person is? It's, it's ridiculous on the face of it. And let's remember, Stu, that so many basic questions beginning in 2018 when we first raised them about the Bidens and these corruption issues, they have repeatedly lied uh, they started out by saying that it wasn't true. Hunter Biden had no business deals in China. That was, of course, proven to be incorrect. And they admitted they did. Then their argument became, Stu, that, well, Bill Clinton, uh, sorry, that, that uh, Joe Biden didn't know anything about any of them. And of course, that turned out to not be true. And then they said, well, he did know about it, but they never discussed the issues. Now it comes out, of course, in the Hunter Biden emails that they did discuss the issues. The point is they have a horrible track record as far as trust is concerned, and there is simply no reason why we should trust them. That's why, you know, for example, uh, Barack Obama's ethics czar uh, came out and actually said, this is a terrible approach and Joe Biden shouldn't be doing this. They should be transparent and they shouldn't be trying to hide this stuff. Yeah, it's fascinating. As, as part of these rules they're designing so that Hunter Biden can go make half a million dollars a painting, they say that if the person who purchases the painting is revealed, then the White House would be less inclined to do business with them. Now, of course, <laughs> of course, obviously, like a person can uh, could identify themselves privately. A person could identify themselves publicly, but not be the final source of, w of where the business was supposed to be directed. There's so many ways around this. Is this even a serious effort? I mean, why are they even entertaining this? Why don't they say, Hunter, go away for a couple of years. I'm trying to run the country. No, that, that's exactly what they should say. And look, I don't think either you or I are saying that politicians, family members aren't entitled to make a living, but this is not making a living. I mean, this is cashing in. You know, he is a Yale trained attorney. He could go to a law firm. He could practice real estate law. He could, you know, be involved in mergers and acquisitions. There's all kinds of legitimate businesses he could engage in. He's choosing not to do that. And the telltale sign is that in Hunter's you know, previous career when he was in international business, he focused overseas on corrupt countries, Ukraine, China, Russia. I mean, he wasn't signing up deals in Japan or in London. Uh, and the telltale sign is the same here. What is he doing? They are seeking and the, the broker that he is working with focuses on international art. And who is buying international art? It's people in China, it's oligarchs in Russia. I mean, it is a target-rich environment for this problem. And, and, and they absolutely know this. So I think they're trying to come up with a solution that allows the Bidens to maintain their business model 
as it were, Stu, but at the same time sort of tip their hat to the ethic concerns that are being raised, not just by people who don't like Joe Biden, but as I said, Obama's ethics are himself. And they're trying to thread that needle, and I don't think it's going to work because people are increasingly seeing through what the Bidens are all about, the sort of thing you and I have talked about many times over the last couple of years. Yeah, and you spent uh, years going through in your books outlining how the Biden uh, family really is a family business. It is a business model. Um, I want to get your reaction to this quote from Jen Psaki, who was asked about this. And I, and I will say, like, the New York Times wrote an article about this and, and had some criticism in there. Some uh, uh, journalists seem to actually be asking. This seems to be almost a little too far for them to even ignore. But they asked Jen Psaki about this, and she described what we've just talked about. And she said it created, quote, quite a level of transparency. <laughs> I, I, it's the exact opposite of transparency, isn't it? <laughs> this, uh, I think George Orwell had a few words to say about this. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's the most bizarre defense. I mean, look, you could come up with, you know, look, we 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 have set up a infrastructure to deal with this matter, and we're we're sort of separating, you know, his commercial activities with people. You could you could come up with all kind of verbiage, but to call it transparent, <laughs> it's the exact opposite. Um, look, I don't think Hunter Biden should be doing this. Um, he is not an artist. Uh, he has no training as an artist. Um, he certainly shouldn't be cashing in. But if he's going to do this, the very simple thing to do, Stu, is to say, like Bill Clinton did, any piece of art that Hunter Biden sells will be released to the public uh, on a quarterly basis. And then people can see what people are paying and who is actually buying his art. But, you know, they don't want to do that. And you and I both know why they don't want to do that, uh, because this is the way that the Bidens have operated, not just as Joe Biden is president, not just while he was vice president, but while he was a senator. You know, he is the the political power. He is the the uh, sun around which all the planets, which are the Bidens, move. And it's all predicated on access to political power. So they don't want to reveal who these people are. And I think unless there's push by Democrats on Capitol Hill, they're probably going to get away with it. And that that is a sad situation in America uh, when, you know, we're going to allow any political figure, I don't care who it is, uh, to do this kind of thing. Uh, let me give you one more here and zoom out a little bit on Hunter Biden. Um, it, it's not just the art. There's so many things. You mentioned emails uh, uh, a couple of minutes ago. There are now reports uh, from looks like Hunter Biden's laptop that Joe Biden was absolutely aware of the influence ped peddling that Hunter was doing. He uh, over and over and over again uh, did this in emails. He brought multiple billionaires to meet with Joe Biden at the vice presidential residence. I mean, the media still refuses to cover anything off of this laptop, yet they will put private conversations from ESPN employees, from eight, 15 year old cheerleaders, anything. They don't seem to care about that at all unless it's related to Hunter Biden. Do they have any argument here to not be covering this stuff? No, they don't. And I mean, look, Hunter Biden, when he was uh, out peddling his book, uh, gave interviews and to his credit was asked by a reporter, I think it was with CBS, whether the laptop was his. And he didn't deny it. He said he didn't know, <laughs> which which is a telltale sign that he does know and that it is his. 
what I will tell you, Stu, is that, that we at Government Accountability Institute have the laptop. We are going through all 30,000 emails. Wow. Um, and, and I will tell you um, that, that a couple of things. First of all, no question Joe Biden was aware of this. Second of all, and we'll be showing more of this down the road, that Joe Biden was a direct direct beneficiary of what Hunter Biden was doing financially. Wow. The other thing I will tell you is when you take the Hunter Biden laptop and you find an email that says, for example, you know, Hunter is in Dubai this week, and you cross-reference that with the Secret Service travel logs of Hunter Biden that were released by Senator Johnson's report, they line up absolutely perfectly. So my point is there are independent ways to corroborate what are in the emails and they are absolutely uh, accurate. On top of that, I'll mention that we have access to emails of a couple of Joe Biden's business partners um, who are uh, actually in prison. Um, and when you check their email collection with uh, correspondence with Hunter Biden, the emails are exactly the same. So. I had some suspicions early on whether this laptop you know, was completely accurate or if maybe somebody had fiddled with it. There is no question, this is 100%. Everything that I've seen is accurate and can be independently corroborated. And it is a ticking time bomb for the Bidens. Wow, uh, th that's big news. I mean, guys, Peter Schweitzer has the laptop. This is, <laughs> we're going to know what is on it and what is going on. Peter, uh, you've been working so hard for actual transparency for so many years, and we really appreciate the work you're doing and everybody over the Government Accountability Institute. Uh, of course, you are the author as well of so many great books, uh, including Profiles in Corruption, uh, Abuse of Power by America's Progressive Elite. Thank you so much for doing this. And if you ever need to just, uh, you know, send me over a hard drive with a copy of the laptop, feel free. Absolutely, Stu. It's always great to see you. Thank you. AOC is dumb. Once again, she's decided to uh, try to tie climate change into some flooding in New York City. And uh, she says that the Green New Deal, which is a blueprint to create millions of good jobs, rebuilding infrastructure to stem climate change and protect vulnerable communities, is unrealistic. Instead, we'll do the adult thing, which is to take orders from fossil fuel execs and make you swim to work. <laughs> She's so funny and so dumb at the same time, um, which is what makes her so interesting. She also uh, had another picture where she wrote, I'm so glad the filibuster is here to fix this. Oh, wait. And then she said, hey, I hope the climate gets better uh, because we're doing a good job on it. Not. I mean, she's really funny. Um, what's interesting about this, too, is that uh, a climate change proposal would take decades to do anything. Right. I mean, everyone knows that the that CO2 stays in the atmosphere for a long period of time. The idea of cutting CO2 would be to affect the climate far into the future. Obviously, she wants to spend nine zillion dollars on almost everything. But it's it's you know, it's it's a, you have to have a good basic drainage system is how you fix something like this, not affecting the climate 50 years from now, but whatever. Um, Cuomo, also a genius, uh, he says in a speech to fellow governors that was loaded with, quote, presumably unintentional double meanings, quoting the Post, Cuomo told them they will ha all have new credibility because he's talking to fellow governors. He said very few people were going through what we went through and we went through it together. And speaking for myself, it was tremendous personal benefit. 
It's always a good look when, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of people are dead and you made $5 million on a, on a terrible book, which sold zero copies, basically. Uh, you can talk about how the COVID pandemic benefited you. Um, Nancy Pelosi is in the news. She is uh, getting, now being harassed by um, tech executives like C Apple CEO T Tim Cook to talk about uh, how they can slow down some of these antitrust bills. Uh, Nancy, I'm sure. Uh, will have something to say to Tim. As of right now, there's no reports on what exactly is going on. So far, it doesn't seem like they've connected. But you can get your Nancy Pelosi sucks pen at nancypelosisuckspen.com just to prepare yourself for all the wonderful things around the corner. And before we go, let me ask you this. What if I were to say to you that the New York Times wanted to write articles and reporters at the Times wanted to write articles about Joe Biden's quite obvious cognitive decline. You know, he can't really talk well anymore. He doesn't speak clearly. There's something going on. And what if the Times just basically thwarted those reporters? Listen to this clip from the Barry Weiss podcast and tell me if that's, am I missing something here or is she breaking some pretty interesting news? Listen. Well, I think that one of the reasons that people distrust the press so much is because of the fact that information is easily available in other places and people are being asked, it seems to me, to sometimes disbelieve what they can see with their own eyes. Mm. And, and a great example of that to me is Joe Biden. You know, a, a guy that I worked with at the Times, I remember him telling me about this during the election. He was constantly pitching stories on the noticeable changes, just even in the way that Joe Biden talked between his previous runs for president and sort of his difficulty speaking and thinking out loud in the 2020 election. And he was on the campaign trail in really important states like Iowa. And that was the subject that tons of voters were talking about. But that subject, which was obviously very interesting to voters, he was told repeatedly was not something that was going to make it into the pages of the New York Times. <laughs> OK, that kind of explains the level of coverage we received during the election. I isn't that kind of news. Is any other journalistic institution going to take up that fight and try to figure out what exactly happened? I'm sure that's right around the corner. So data breaches are at an all-time high as hackers become more advanced in their cybersecurity attacks. Email poses the highest risk for identity theft and credit card fraud, among other life-alerting scams. That's why you got to use Startmail. Startmail keeps your email private, period. How about this? This is an idea. Startmail came up with this. They've crafted this way. And think about this conceptually. Tell me if you like it. When you delete an email in Startmail, it's gone forever. It's protected. Startmail is backed by the most robust privacy laws in the world. And Startmail uses their own servers, not like Amazon. So they can't be thrown out of business and people aren't going to get access to your data. Start securing your email privacy with Startmail. Sign up now. You're going to get 50% off your first year. Go to startmail.com slash stew. S-T-A-R-T mail.com slash stew for 50% off your first year. Don't forget the slash stew part of the address because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Plus, you'll save 50% off your first year. Startmail.com slash stew. I'm so happy to welcome to the program comedian Scotty Gunther. Now, his bio describes him uh, like this, quote, Comedian, author, speaker, MC, award-winning syndicated radio host, 
and bad ukulele player. <laughs> He's also the host of the Funny Feelings with Scotty podcast, which you should subscribe to right now. I'll tweet the link out here in just a little bit. Scotty went viral uh, during the coronavirus lockdown in Michigan, of all places. Let's take a quick look at that video. Where it's okay to drive, to exercise, but not to your second property, like your cabin. Living in pure Michigan, penal colony. Warden Whitmer frowned and shut us down and threw away the key. Living in pure Michigan, penal colony. Perhaps someone could hear us. And please come set us free, living in pure Michigan, penal colony, please help us. And no one ever came. It's so sad. Scotty, thanks for coming on the program. Wow, wow. thanks for playing that in my ears. I appreciate that. <laughs> See, the problem is I don't really have a good singing voice, mm. but neither did like Celine Dion or Barbara Streisand, and they didn't let that stop them. So I figure... <laughs> It's a very fair point, actually, uh, especially with Barbara Streisand. Uh, uh, Scotty, uh, you're up in Michigan. Before we get started, though, I, I caught a glimpse of your T-shirt here uh, before we got started. And uh, you got to show this off. <laughs> no woke chicks. <laughs> Is this one one of yours? Yes. We're, I'm so tired of, you know. Woke is ruining everything, including relationships. So we're just what I meet people now. They know exactly what I'm going for. I'm like. And the funny thing is the girls that say, I don't know what woke is. They're woke. Yes. But they don't, they're woke. But they're the first person to go, I don't know what that is. It's actually a great way to, to meet someone because if they like the shirt, you know they're cool. If they don't like the shirt or they don't understand it, then you know you want to move on. We also, hold on. I also have these that say, no woke dudes on them too. <laughs> that works the for everybody. I've sold more, women buy more of these than the other ones. I mean, like, I've sold way more, because I think guys are willing to put up with anything to date somebody. They're like, I don't really care if she's woke as long as she's good looking. Right. So women, they're not messing around now. So they're like, I just, no woke dudes. And my sister wears one, and she does pretty well with it, actually. I will say, Scotty, I don't know your preferences per se, but I think you could get away with wearing a no woke dudes shirt as well, and it would still work for you. I like girls. They don't like me back, but I like them usually. <laughs> there you go. Uh, excuse me. So where, where can people get these, by the way? NoWokeChicks.com. There you go. We went right to, right to the guts. We went. Very, very so easy. Help me out because, we, you know, we're not working as much as we used to because we couldn't. Well, which was a hard deal. I mean, you're up in Michigan where uh, the the governor basically shut the economy down so that she could get, I guess, to her cabin more easily. What has it right. been like? Because What's it been like under Whitmer's rules? rules too. Like some of her rules were like no motor boating. And I just wanted to go. <laughs> but not on her, obviously. But I just it, it was insane. Like you could take a kayak out or a canoe out, but you couldn't have a motor boat. Yeah, very, very, very strange. The whole thing has been strange. What's it been like for? the regular person going through life in Michigan throughout this last year and a half? Obviously, I'm not a regular person. (laughs) I mean, you noticed, but the thing is, what's changed is, is the camaraderie. There's like, people are dying to like laugh and go out and hang out with people. And it was taken away so quickly. And so suddenly some people got used to it. It's like Stockholm syndrome. Some people were like, you know, walking up to me going, 
And I'm like, that's ridiculous. You shouldn't like, and it's gotten to a point where I'm trying to reintroduce like sarcasm and comedy back into situations and they're fighting me. They're like, they don't want to do it. They're like, we're safe. We want to stay home and be safe. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. I I do think there's that like, like release sort of happening now where people just want to get out and do something fun and go see people again, go out to see concerts, go out to see comedy shows. I mean, obviously you're a performer, so your industry was completely shut down for a long time. What's the effect on I did a lot of team building and corporate events Mm -hmm. because I did a lot of like motivational speaking, team building. And I don't even know if that's ever going to come back because corporations are getting woke and everybody's changing and everyone, you know, you go to a situation, they're like, Hey, could you not tell those kind of jokes or could you not do this? I had a woman say, does your comedy have to make fun of things? (laughs) Yes. All comedy has a victim. Isn't that true in some way? No, that's what she said. She's like, Oh, could you? And then I had one guy once, this was before the lockdown, a guy yelled, stop. I was telling a joke about my ex-girlfriend because I do relationship comedy. And the, the guy goes, Stop telling sexist jokes. Uh, and I just went, oh, okay. And I just kept doing it. And then he came up to me at the end and thanked me <laughs> for changing. And I didn't do anything. <laughs> that's that's perfect. That's the perfect way for that didn't to happen. Didn't change a thing, but it's, it's tough. It's getting harder and harder. I don't know if corporate comedy is coming back. That's why I brought the ukulele back out and we're just hitting every little place. Anybody who will have us go do a show. And I'm just showing up and we're just, and it's great. The last show I did, people were like, just so excited to be around other people. Yeah. And it's weird because like I said, they're ten- tentative. So they're like, they don't know if they can laugh. <laughs> I did a couple shows with masks on for a while, when it was first started opening up. Right. That was weird. And what was weird about it is I didn't know if they were laughing and laughter is contagious. So if you have a mask on, you can't tell if it's even working. And so you're telling jokes and you don't know if it's working and they were six feet away and then another six feet away and then another six feet away. So it got to this point where it's like, I don't know what direction to go. I was like, you're going to tell me what direction to go in. It's basically home because this isn't working. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I watched some of the, you know, the Netflix specials and stuff that came up with comedians where they were trying to do this outside thing and the thing with the people in the cars and like, it's just not it's not the genre. I mean, like stand-up comedy, performance comedy needs to be with a live audience where everyone's close to each other, enjoying what they're doing together. It's it's a group event. Yes. And the thing is, this is the first Zoom type phone call that I even I even attempted at. <laughs> I like everybody's like, let's do the, this or this. And I had people contacting me and I'm like, I can't. I can't give you the same thing because it's all about camaraderie. It's all about being around other people and laughing and getting together and that energy you feel. And you don't feel it like through this, no offense, but I, I'm just not feeling you right now. <laughs> well, I mean, I that might know. be good. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I, we touching it's each other is not necessarily, break, um, we don't need to get that close. Uh, again, no woke dudes for me either. Sometimes um, when you touch, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so what do you, what's your view on where the state of comedy is? Because I, you know, I, I watched like the Dave Chappelle special that he did over, over COVID, which was this one of these types with all the separation. And it was basically him preaching about George Floyd for 40 minutes. It was absolutely terrible in my view. And I like Dave Chappelle, but there's this, I think there is a pushback at some level with real comedians who are saying, look, you know, uh, we might even be liberal, but we can't do this woke nonsense. Right. What's, what's hard about it too, is I want to bring back silliness a little bit. And that's what, you know, I'm trying to do. Just 
this idea that everything has to mean something to everybody at all times. And we have to check with every single person to see if it's all right. I don't know when like making you comfortable became my job, but for some reason it's, it's about comfort now. Like when somebody goes, I'm uncomfortable, people are like, Oh, let me, let me change what I'm doing. I don't know if that even makes sense. Yeah, I think so, we can all do with a little bit more uncomfortability uh, in our lives. We get right. How do you get stronger if you don't lift weights? How do you? It's the same thing. There has to be some pushback. But this, everybody needs to please me, and you know, and most of these people aren't even customers. They're complaining. They don't. They don't watch your show. But now they're mad at your show. It's ridiculous. It's silly. It needs to stop. And we need to stop listening to them. But we do. We still go. Well, let me check to see what they say. Not anymore. I don't yeah. care what you say. Oh, I'm so sick of caring. I'm so sick of it. All right. Uh, before you go, uh, you have a new single out. Uh, can you give us a little uh, a window <laughs> into this? I'm excited. Thank you. Yes, my new single. My new <laughs> single drops right now. It's going to drop. Here we go. Let's see it. What do you want? I, I, I wrote some lyrics down just in case. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's, it's going to be as bad as the other one. So <laughs> deep breath. No, it is. It's I can barely play. I can barely play this thing. Okay, here we go. She's woke, oh, she hates my jokes, oh, how many woke people does it take to change a light bulb? None, they're too busy complaining about how light bulbs are all white. <laughs> She's woke, oh, she hates my jokes, oh, knock, knock. Who's there? Somebody who's offended by the fact that you think everyone has a door for you to knock on. <laughs> She's woke. Oh, she hates my jokes. Oh, I'm telling you, she's she's woke. Yeah. How woke is she? Say, how woke is she? How woke is she? She's so woke when she sees a rainbow, she accuses the, the, the sky of cultural appropriation. <laughs> that was bad. She's woke. Oh. I hope this last one works. I hope this last joke will work. That's right, right? Your mama is so woke. How woke is she? She's so woke, she wants to put AOC on money. <laughs> yeah, let's put her on the no dollar bill. She's woke. There you go, Scotty yeah, Gunther. You can't buy that anywhere. That's not available. Uh, you can't buy it anywhere. You can buy the shirt, though. Uh, NoWokeChicks.com. Oh, Hold on. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I can get taller. See, now I feel insecure. I'm on your show and I'm too short. Hold on. You are. Yes. You yes. You need to grow up a little bit, a couple more inches before the next time I'm we have you on. Your approval. <laughs> it's, a, it's funny. I went and you, every time I use a credit card now, it says you've been approved. I'm like, ah, validation. Thank you. <laughs> That's all we all need in life. Com uh, comedian Scotty Gunther. He's the host of the Funny Feelings with Scotty podcast. Go to your favorite platform and subscribe right now. NoWokeChicks.com for the shirt. Scotty, thanks so much for coming on. Ah, yes, the fabulous video of uh, people running out of Neiman Marcus with thousands of dollars of purses in their hands. Hey, what's the problem with stealing a few multi-thousand dollar purses? That should be allowed. I love it. Um, by the way, uh, this comment uh, on YouTube say, hit a little too close to home. Stu, are you available to comment on the whereabouts of your wife last week and confirm she was nowhere near a Neiman Marcus in San Francisco? You know what? No, I can't. Uh, so make sure to ask her about that. She's Lisa Page made me do it on Instagram. Feel free to ask her about where she was. Was she at that Neiman Marcus? I don't know. Um, a couple reviews for you. Stu, I like your stupid show. That's my review. 
I like your stupid show. Uh, five stars and no less. I get a lot of ear hole pleasure from this podcast. I'm sure you will too. That's five freaking stars. Uh, how about Stu is my hero? Ah, I agree. I don't care what Glenn says. Stu is the greatest. Glenn is kind of okay too. Five freaking stars. Thank you so much. Before we leave for the weekend, police officer has to go arrest someone. This person happens to be a DoorDash driver. That leads to this body cam video. What you say? You don't have to get up. You're Sherry? Yes. All right, your DoorDash guy got arrested, so I brought your food to you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ah, there you go. You wanted to fund this? Are you kidding me? These guys are fantastic, and they even get your food there while it's still hot. Thank you, police officers, for all that you do, and we will see you next week. Have a great weekend.